We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Casey Sports Network live postgame show is about to begin. KC Sports Network is the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. Millions of views, millions of podcast downloads, and the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. KCSN is where you want to be for news, commentary, and analysis with a collective perspective on the Kansas City Chiefs that can't be found anywhere else. With more than 15 hosts, analysts, and former players you've watched play putting out nearly 20 shows per week, KCSN is a network for today's fan. Now, it's time for the KCSN Live Postgame Show. Here's BJ Kissel. The stage is set for the Kansas City Chiefs as the AFC Super Wild Card Weekend has been completed in absolutely dramatic fashion. We have you covered here at KC Sports Network. Please, if you're listening to us right now, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, leave a comment. Thank you for uh, for listening. I am not BJ Kissel, and this is more like the KCSN Post Games show plural because we're going to talk a little bit about everything that went down uh more so on the afc side of things here uh the stage has been set for uh for the playoffs uh for next weekend in the afc and if we find out when the chiefs will be playing uh we will be updating you as that happens as well when it comes to the scheduling i am here with my two beautiful friends on a sunday night matthew lane you're muted i'm going to give you a second <laughs> to make sure that you I know, know that. you did, buddy. Okay. I'm, here, I'm, here. I'm hanging out. I'm chilling. You know, look, we've seen some really poorly managed situations here uh, <laughs> this, 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 this weekend, so I just wanted to make sure. Hi, Matthew. Listen, the fraudgles are out in full force. Yep. We, I mean, like just the most fraudulent, fake good team that anybody has ever seen. They won on a Hail Mary that was tipped. Like, okay, fine. They were it was a Hail Mary, right? It doesn't win. I kid you not, 
30 other teams in the Ravens against the Ravens are playing against that ball's caught. It doesn't matter. Any other team in the NFL you can put in the Bengals spot and James Prochet catches that tipped Hail Mary that falls right into his hand. Okay, you could put prime Jerry Rice on the Ravens in James Prochet's <laughs> spot. And guess what? That ball is still slipping through his hands. The Bengals are the most fraudulent, lucky team I have ever witnessed. It's insane this is carried over. Sorry, I didn't even want to start the show like this, but Maddie, this is ridiculous. I love that Maddie buried the lead, Craig, because he's not even talking about the fact that Tyler Huntley tried to do the Drew Brees Ugh. jump from the two-yard line. That's not the Ugh, I don't. I don't want to think about Tyler Huntley playing quarterback tonight. Goodness, I guys. If anything we learned about this weekend, it's really hard to win football games in January. Like we saw the Bills get taken to the wire by a third string quarterback. We saw the Bengals get taken to the wire and arguably should have lost on that hail mary. You know, Jim, Jim Harbaugh was going to go for that. He was going to go for two, of course, against a backup quarterback there. And then the Jaguars just come storming back in the most chargeriest chargering ever that we have ever seen. So I, it's really hard to win football. It's really hard to win football in the AFC. I am damn glad that the Chiefs weren't playing this weekend. Yeah, I was going to say the thing I learned this weekend is that the buy is really valuable because what we saw here uh, in the AFC is three games that were decided by a combined 11 points. We saw three. And and honestly, like the funny thing is the, the Bengals Ravens game that may not even like, like that, that was probably not even the closest. Like that, that, that was, that, that game was a seven point game and it feels like it probably should have been a one point game. Mm-hmm. Like I think the, 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 the bills dolphins game, you know what? I think the Bengals Ravens game probably didn't deserve to be a seven point game. It deserved to be a one point game. It probably deserved to be a Ravens win. If we're being honest, we can just kind of live react to that. Cause everybody just got done watching. If you're watching the live show, Bengals 24 Ravens, 17 Tyler Huntley, Joe Burrow, uh, a absolute slobber knocker of an AFC North battle. And the game is decided. The final points of this football game are scored as the Baltimore Ravens at the one and a half, two yard line, try or are attempting a quarterback sneak on third down. And actually, you know what? The play was pretty well blocked. But Tyler Huntley elected in a 17 17 game to try to jump from about the two yard line, which is about the distance of his body length. Uh, to try to do the Drew Brees jump when he had a perfectly good setup to just tuck himself into his offensive lineman and run into the goal line. Instead, he fumbles. Great play, Logan Wilson. And <laughs> Sam Hubbard runs it 98 yards for a touchdown. Just, I'm flabbergasted by that moment. But that, like, it, it, uh, there, there's moments in every single one of these AFC games that we just watched. <laughs> There, there's a lot of moments um, sticking. I I mean, just with the, the Ravens and the Bengals game, like it, it's not all just about like, you know, the Bengals coming away lucky. Like they, they do play good situational football. And in all these situations, they do make the right place. Like you're, we're talking about this QB sneak, right? And how I, 
we don't know what Tyler Huntley was thinking where he thought he was about, maybe he listened to Tony Romo call Josh Allen, Michael Jordan or something. I don't know, but he decided to jump from the two yard line, but the Bengals had two linebackers waiting for it. They, the first guy don't even really force the fumble, but he was standing there and he just swatted him down right at the line of scrimmage. Cause he was waiting for someone to try to jump over the line of scrimmage. And then there was another guy behind him waiting to do the exact same thing. Right? So the Bengals are a well-coached team. If you make any mistakes against them, they are going to take advantage. That's what they do. That is how they essentially got to the Super Bowl last year. That's how they win the majority of these big games that they play. They just keep playing sound, consistent football until the other team makes a mistake. When you're going up against Tyler Huntley and a Greg Roman-led offense, they're going to give you a lot of opportunities to make mistakes, as we saw. It's just, it's insane how the process we get to go through to get to the Bengals winning this game by seven when it was looking like they were about to go down by seven. Now, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what has happened with the Bengals. Uh, don't have the right side of their line, missing their right guard and their right tackle. Left tackle Jonah Williams goes down with a knee injury today. Um, it's starting to look a little bit shaky on an already shaky offensive line. Yeah. And we saw that. Like we we saw the very clear shift in focus, especially midway through about the second half. This Bengals offense didn't look particularly good. Uh, they were trying to get the ball out quick, trying to keep the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands for very long because, well, frankly, they need to in order to protect him. So uh, they're starting to look weaker in that regard. And, you know, they've, they've got a Bills defense now coming up next weekend that does a good job of pressuring the quarterback. And if they win that game and go against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. They go against the number two team in the NFL in sacks. And I know everybody, yes, I get it. Chiefs don't sack Joe Burrow. I get the jokes <laughs> out. I, I get it. I get it. But it, it is a potentially fatal flaw for this Bengals team going into the end of the season here in, you know, do or die game. So um, something to watch there that came out of this game in addition to the score. The Cincinnati Bengals survive in advance. They, I'm going to give you, I'm just going to announce this. They're surviving in advance to play the Buffalo Bills at 2 o'clock Central Standard Time on Sunday. And the Kansas City Chiefs will be playing the Jacksonville Jaguars 3.30 Saturday uh, Arrowhead time in Arrowhead. Just just giving everybody a heads up. Um, we'll kind of go in reverse order and we'll end with a little bit of Jags talk. Uh, but we'll talk about the Buffalo Bills now because uh, we talked about the Bengals advancing the, to the Ravens. They're playing the Buffalo Bills who somehow found themselves in a brawl in a tight game with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I It was pretty surprising to see. I mean, like, like a lot like the the bank the bills out out gained the, the dolphins like two to one something ridiculous like that but the bills kind of let them hang around they made some big mistakes you know josh allen had a real bad game and a lot of stretch you know for a real bad stretch and i mean the the miami dolphins hung around and, and made things really really interesting matthew uh, so the Ravens, I thought, should have won the game against the Bengals. I think it took a lot of things to happen for the Bengals to win. It yes. probably wouldn't be repeated in the same way. The Dolphins in no way, shape, or form should have beat the Bills. <laughs> it was the exact opposite, <laughs> right? The yeah. Dolphins had a long string of things that happened over and over again that they should not have even been competitive. 
just Josh Allen, and not all of it was directly his fault, but Josh Allen became very turnover prone through the middle part of the game, and that gave the Dolphins a chance. I mean, that's what was giving them a chance mm-hmm. to keep hanging in there and keep you know getting some field goals, getting a couple touchdowns, a big special teams return. Like, I think the Dolphins had one scoring drive that was like, or maybe it was a touchdown drive that went over forty yards. Like, they had one long scoring drive in the entire game, and they've scored 20, 30 points. Like, I know there's a defensive touchdown. It's just. The Dolphins had no business being competitive. It was fun to watch. It was fun to see the Bills almost melt down. It was really fun to see Mike McDaniel absolutely melt down with whatever he was doing all day. But I, I just the Bills Vaping. were the That's better team. That's what he team. was doing. Yeah. yeah. Is that the Bills were the better is that team? Legal? Are you allowed to do that on an NFL sideline? Sure. Why not? I don't know. I mean, we have guys eating hot dogs out of shoes, so I mean, Mike Mike McDaniel probably less healthy. Just both of the AFC lower seeds today, just absolutely terrible clock management skills. Mike McDaniel comes out after the game, blames the fourth down, you know, fact that he didn't get the play in. They take a delay a game penalty, blames it on the booth, telling him that it was first down. Okay, that would be fine. Maybe we'd all understand and agree with you if you didn't have to burn three timeouts in the second half for that very same reason they they could not get lined up and yeah there were a bunch of just near misses for the buffalo bills there was a touchdown that was overturned from dawson knox there was a big bomb to khalil shakir that was just barely dropped so there were a few plays from buffalo just blowing this game out a little bit i don't think the score is nearly as indicative of of basically what happened in that game now certainly the dolphins were game skylar thompson played way better than i think any of us expected that defense was flying around a little bit like they they put up a good fight not trying to take anything away from the dolphins but a bunch of self-inflicted wounds by the bills kept the dolphins in this game bills are better than they played today Oh yeah. Well, and they're better. Well, in, I think they played well for stretches of the football game too, which is kind of funny. I mean, they got out to a 14, nothing lead, you know, they looked hot early and you know, just some weird, some weird things happened. I mean, uh, the the Miami dolphins had 231 total yards. Uh, their quarterback threw for under five yards per attempt. And somehow they just, they just, they they stuck around a defensive touchdown, some good special teams play, some short fields, just like I don't know. It was a, it was a bizarre game to watch. I couldn't believe that. I mean, the the, the Dolphins had the lead, mm-hmm. like in the third quarter. It was like it was just it was it was a it was a bizarre ordeal. And I mean, I I yeah, I think the Bills still even despite everything we talked about, like you said, Craig. I think they deserve to win that football game. Like they were down the better better football game. And now what you've got is. You've got the Bengals and the Bills duking it out for the right to play the winner of Chiefs Bengals. And we'll get to you know those matchups here in a little bit, but it's kind of I I'm glad both of those teams are beating each other up next week. I kinda it's kind of like I either wanted it was like all or nothing. It's like I either want both of these teams to get upset or both of these teams to make it. <laughs> Cause I just want, you know, just both of these teams are gonna are gonna you know, beat each other up next week. I mean tortured. both took some shots. I mean, this past I mean both took some shots in their games today. I mean, like it's not like either neither game was easy. Neither team just got a coast. Yep. Both teams kind of had to show not everything, but had to show their true hands and had to prove yeah produce answers to problems that were being given to them by the opposing teams, mostly the opposing team's defenses because they both played very inept offenses. Um, I do I do like 
and think it's interesting, not interesting, but like it's the bills are a weird team, right? Because I don't think they have to show you a whole lot of what their answers are. They have the same answer to every single problem presented on their offense. Josh Allen is just going to throw it farther than you're going to cover. It's just that simple. And like, you can go, you know, we go through Twitter and people were ripping on Xavier Howard for getting torched on that first uh, long digs play. I, I, myself included. But the thing was, it was cover zero. He's not anticipating having to cover a 60 yard route, right? Here's the thing. It's Josh Allen. You have to. I get it. When you teach cover zero, the corner's not trying to cover that route. The pressure didn't get home. That's not really on the corner. It's on the pressure. But again, Josh Allen's entire answer to beating blitzes, to beating certain th- to beating any problem he's presented with, is to scramble around like in, like a like a unicorn and then heave the ball as far as he can. And like they they answer every problem with that. So. I think the Bengals probably showed you more of what their game plan is for the rest of the playoffs than the Bills because I think you should know what the Bills are. He's gonna, Josh Allen's going to yeet the ball 60 yards anytime he's in trouble, and it's going to work. The The Bengals had to do more, I think, soul-searching in their game, so I do think that, that's big for any opponent they have coming up, whether that's the Bills or if they beat the Bills, the Chiefs or Jaguars coming up. I think the Bengals are putting a lot out there on tape. The Bills are just you know doing Bill things. I mean, yeah, I, I don't have anything to add. The, these two teams are going to beat the hell out of each other next weekend after kind of playing in some slobber knocker type games this weekend. So I, th- those were tough wins for both teams. There was a lot of of effort on the line, a lot of big hits, a lot of stuff like that. That's going to wear on them. Now they got to go face each other. So uh, glad that the Chiefs are on the opposite side of the bracket. Yeah, the, I don't want to say they had to unload the clip. But Not quite. they, no. they, yeah. they, they had to work hard to, uh, you know, they had to, they had to play a full sixty. They had to show more than they wanted to. They had to play a, st- a stressful, emotional game of football. You know, this was not a stress-free game. It's not going to be a stress-free week for either of these football teams. It might wind up being a stress-free game. Who sees for one of them? I doubt it. I would be stunned if it is. But a, another stress-free week, sitting on top of all of this, like. Or a stressful week for all these guys. I, I, this is uh, if if both of those teams were going to advance, this is exactly what you're wanting. If you're the Chiefs, you're wanting both these teams to just to just to be having to to compete for sixty and on all that good stuff. Tucker Franklin is going to tell us a little bit about DraftKings before we continue, though. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet on the NFL playoffs anywhere else? As Chiefs fans, we get to kick our feet up this weekend and watch all this wildcard round action and get to experience the phenomenal app that DraftKings Sportsbook has. And here's what you got to do to get these deals. you got to download that DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Make sure you're hitting the like button and hitting the subscribe button if you're watching. Appreciate everybody hanging out right now. We got a lot of people uh, hanging out with us live right now. Just it, Chiefs didn't even play today. Appreciate everybody that's just that's just chilling as we uh, recap the AFC Super Wild Card Weekend, getting you ready for uh, you know for for this big weekend in the divisional round for the Kansas City Chiefs. Chance it's the only home game that they have for the entirety of the playoffs, but we'll get to that when we need to. The Chiefs have their opponent, and much like Matthew Lane and I predicted, uh, never a doubt, unwavering, the Jacksonville Jaguars, it feels like three days, like three days ago, beat Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers in an insane game that will make some Chiefs fans have PTSD of moments when an AFC South opponent went down uh, or went down by 20 plus and came all the way back to an upset in AFC West team. Matthew Lane, I've seen a lot of charging in my life. I, the charging we experienced <laughs> on Saturday night was it might have been peak charging, and that's saying something. But here, here's the thing, I. They weren't even the worst charging of the weekend. Both the Dolphins and the Ravens charged significantly harder. The Chargers didn't do the normal Charger thing. They just got outplayed. Like, yes, you can point to the Joey Bosa penalty, you know, penalty, uh, unsportsmanlike penalty afterwards that caused the short two-point conversion or his earlier, you know, personal foul. Like, there's little things you can point to where they make mistakes. I'm not saying that. This wasn't just like a typical charging, though. This wasn't, oh, we fumbled a snap and gave an easy defensive touchdown. This wasn't we muffed a punt and gave them a 12-yard field to go. No, they just got taken out behind the woodshed and got that ass beat for an entire half of football by Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence just out there flexing on him with the visor, the hair flopping out of it, doing everything he needed to do to win that game. Like 
It was so much fun to watch. I'm so glad you said it. Never wavered, never doubted. Certainly wasn't watching Netflix deep into the third quarter before <laughs> having to take the TV back. Got, None of that I happened. Got, I got receipts, Matty. They're they're like right there. I got receipts on that, buddy. Mr. Uh, uh, so I should probably turn this back on, huh? You know, yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. I tale of two halves. Actually, tale of one quarter, realistically, if we're talking about this. Jaguars were just abysmal. Looked overwhelmed at the start of that. You know, Chargers weren't playing like particularly well i mean the defense was playing pretty well brandon staley came out with a good you know game plan to try and slow down trevor lawrence and you know doug peterson trevor lawrence couldn't see a trap defender to save his life like it just it just was missing everything underneath was late and behind to start the game and it led to four first quarter interceptions chargers put a whole bunch of points on the board basically everybody writes it off and then Lo and behold, they just keep clawing their way back into the game. And I, I think that that's a testament to Doug Peterson more than I think it is to the Chargers. Like, we've seen Doug Peterson teams enough times now to know that, like, they just don't go away. They're they're really hard to kill, man. They're, they are ridiculously hard to kill. And this is just another prime example of it. You know, Chargers are just absolutely laying it on them trying to run out the clock, just trying to, you know, eke to the end of the game. And they can't because Jaguars pass rush was getting home to Justin Herbert, like was clearly rattling him. Uh, Trevor Lawrence comes out and starts throwing dimes to Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk made some insane catches. It Travis Etienne looked phenomenal after that, you know, a slow start. So they just rebounded and kept clawing back in this game and, took a pretty good defense and just made them look bad uh, for basically an entire second half and end up winning this game. I, that's a better Jaguars team than I think that we've seen. And the Jaguars have been on an upswing throughout the course of the end of the year here, but that's a better Jaguars team than we have seen in that second half probably all year long. So that, that game was weird to me because like – if if the Jaguars just stopped shooting subs and themselves in the foot, like if if that first quarter didn't happen, I I think the I think the Jaguars would have won in a normal game too. Like I genuinely do because like just some of the like if the once once the Jaguars kind of stopped just imploding and really once once Trevor Lawrence stopped imploding, things really settled in for them. I thought Braden Staley had a really good first half. Some of those, you know, they were they were kind of prepared for some of the he had the real bad second half, but. He was prepared for a lot of the mesh looks that that the you know the Jaguar is going to present and like the Asante Samuel you know uh, inter one of the Asante, one of the many Asante Samuel interceptions like was on a an, an under route and a drag route that like they were ready for and like some of those moments right but man like the Chargers offense wasn't good they got short fields they converted those but they really didn't sustain offense for most of that football game. And like, Ju- like Justin Herbert's getting absolved of a lot of blame right now. He wasn't good. He was not good. He, his his average depth of target. I want to. I, I would love to know what it is because that man was was Justin Herberting and living in living in the flat, not being willing to challenge and make aggressive windows to try to go win the football game. And you saw him check down a lot. You saw him working down into the flats a lot and, and playing it safe and throwing short. And 
it came back to bite him. Justin Herbert didn't go out and try to win that football game. It like it really like it was out of hand for a while, and then he didn't go and settle that team down in any big way and try to go win that football game for him. I was very under under impressed by what Justin Herbert did, and I was really under like honestly, I would have loved to see just a normal football game because I I don't think I, I think the Jags are still sitting in the same position that they are now. Um, so Justin Herbert's average intended air yards were second lowest of wildcard weekend at 5.9. His average completed air yards, the lowest of the weekend at 4.2. Daniel Jones average intended air yards was lower, but completed air yards was higher. So in other words, Justin Herbert was really only good when throwing the ball short. And I'm with Kent here. This, this is a not like a direct you know, conversation, I guess, about the matchups. Justin Herberts gets absolved of a lot of the blame because it's easy to blame Staley and Lombardi for that offense's failures. At some point in time, though, the quarterback's got to start catching some of these strays, and I think that became evident in this game when it, they became really quick to get to a five-yard little hitch route. Like, they were just really quick, and the Jaguars let them. You go through and look at Justin Herbert's, like, passing chart. It's just a lot of passes right at the five-yard mark all across the field. A lot of completions in that, you know, four to seven yard range all across the field. But what the Jaguars did really well, especially in the second half, was close down on everything quickly after the ball was completed. They kind of swarmed the ball. I don't know if the Chargers really did a lot to to challenge the Jaguars defense. Like, I don't think this is a game that you're going to get a lot of a read of what the Jaguars defense likes to do. Once the Chargers lost their backup left tackle and uh, Jamari Sawyer, that's when you really saw the Jaguars pass rush get after it. When they got down to their third string left tackle, that's when Trevon Walker and Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen and Arden Key and everybody just kind of started really getting after it. So I think that's it's something to watch is this Jaguars pass rush versus the Chiefs. But I also, mm-hmm. it took another injury to get there. It took more injuries to a Chargers offensive line to get there. The Jaguars, the Chargers offense wasn't good, but it's not like the Jaguars defense played good in the first half either. It's not like the Jaguars defense was shutting anyone down. So it's just a lot of injuries on that side, a weird, very weird game to watch. Um, I, I don't think the chiefs are going to do the Justin Herbert offense against them. I would imagine. <laughs> I would, I wouldn't imagine either. And I mean, it, it hurts that Chargers offense when the one vertical guy that you are willing to go to got hurt in week 18 because he was playing in a meaningless game. <laughs> Just absolutely Gosh. egregious. Joey Bosa on a pitch count because he gets hurt in a meaningless game in week 18. So much so that he wasn't in at the end of the game. People weren't sure if that was because he got a second unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. He was not ejected. He could have come back in the game and didn't. As he said in the post game, Joey himself said, I was playing on one leg. That alone and the way that Brendan Staley handled that, I'm not sure that he survives. And I'm not sure that he should. Like that's, that is an egregious team mismanagement. And when it comes down to a one-point game, and by the way, as a Chiefs fan, I absolutely am all for seeing the Trevor Lawrence jumping across the goal line with the ball out picture just over and over and over again. Love it. Absolutely love it. But a one-point game that came down to a converted two-point conversion like that's why you don't play your starters in a game that doesn't mean anything like you 
find somebody. Colin Saunders played middle linebacker for this team in a week 17 game one time <laughs> because the Chiefs didn't want anybody to get hurt. And Can't it was awesome. Me. And it was awesome. It was wonderful. They should do more of that sort of stuff. But you can't tell me that, oh, we got to get our guys in there. We got to do this. We got to – no. Protect your players. Take care of them because this is what happens. And now we'll we'll see what happens with Brandon Staley. But I'm not going to be shocked this week if he does not have a job with the Chargers anymore. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you are watching this. Really appreciate everybody that's hanging out with us. we got a lot of people hanging out here. The early lines are out for uh, for the divisional rounds in the AFC. Matthew, I want you to guess the Bills-Bengals line. It's in Buffalo. Both those teams didn't look great. Uh, Bills one and a half. Bills one and a half. Craig? I was going to say two and a half. Bills two and a half in that one because I think that Vegas is going to look both of those games and go, yeah, the Bills were that close for him at being just a lot different than that. The Buffalo Bills are three and a half point favorites on DraftKings right now. Uh, Wasn't so, that what the Bengals were favored by when they were going to match up in the regular season, though, in Cincinnati? Yeah, hasn't the Bengals' offensive line been decimated since the last time these no, two no, teams? No, no, I get it. Like, it's just you know, a- that's just the big, that's just the, I don't know. It just seems like a, a pretty big swing when it was just like the opposite and like nothing's changed really since. I just, oh, okay. That surprised me. O-line's, that's why I went so low. O-line's changed. So I think there's a little bit of that. So we do the, the, the early line there on DraftKings. The Buffalo Bills are three and a half point favorites. All right, we're going to do the same thing for the Chiefs, the Jaguars. Matthew, guess the Chiefs Jaguars line. Well, now I'm all kinds of thrown off because if the, if the Bills are a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Bengals, then the Chiefs should bring it be a lot higher than what I'm about to say. But uh, I'm going six-and-a-half. I I actually saw it already. I saw that it was oh. eight-and-a-half already, Kent. So, yeah. No. Uh, oh, it oh, is it move? On DraftKings, it is okay. a nine-point spread. There you go. Uh, See, I almost up to nine and a half when you, when I was, that was what I was debating. I was like, Oh, do I just up what my guess is going to be? Cause when you said that about the, the bells Bengals, there's like this, there's no way, there's no way that she shouldn't be a nine point favorite against the Jaguars. If that's what you're setting the, the bills and Bengals at. So interesting. I don't like that line. I, that game's going to be closer. Too than high. That. It's the too high. She's Jags. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, 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 I mean, they, this team won, I believe, they won 27-17 the last team these two teams matched up. Correct. <laughs> There's they're 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 a 9 point favorite today. Uh, as we sit Doug here Doug emptied the clip. Like we were talking about some other teams showing yeah. what they have to show. The Jaguars did in fact have to empty the clip and they had to show you what their adjustments are going to be to just about everything. Like I think the Jags had to show a lot. I yeah. think that might matter for this game too. Like that might matter a lot. Even like I think about like uh, like I I can't remember if Evan Ingram caught a touchdown on it, but they tried this little like met fake mesh like middle like run run a seam kind of thing where like they're trying to shoot up the middle almost like a, mm-hmm. a Y middle, and like like that was like some of their answers to like every they're sitting on mesh everyone's sitting on mesh yeah. you know and you know and like they. They found some plays there. Don't get me wrong, but like you're right. Like I, I think that is something you're gonna have to pay attention they to. Is just started how- hammering deep out routes too. Like th- their answers mm-hmm. weren't complicated. 
they just Trevor Lawrence started making big boy throws, which is, I mean, that's what he does, right? He's a great, he's the potential to be a great quarterback. He's all on his way there. That performance in the second half was great. It's, I don't think they were doing anything wild. Just like the answer was, okay, we can't run mesh in these crossers. What if we just start running 8 million curl routes? And like, hey, it kind of worked. But I think if you're the Chiefs, you sit there and we'll get more into this later as the week goes on on the KC Sports Laboratory. But um, we're getting into it. Yeah, I yeah, I can't giggle away. Laboratory. <laughs> but the you're gonna take away mesh because that's what the Jaguars like to spam. You're gonna take away these deep crossers because that's what the Jaguars like to spam, but you now know their answer. Their answer is to now go those out routes, and there's something the Chiefs love to do is play static cover two this year. That's a that's something they like, and there's still a hole out there on that side. But if you got McDuffie and Legarius Sneed playing outside corner, that's two guys really good sinking underneath those kind of things. So I feel like you can almost bait the Jaguars into thinking they're going back to what their answer is, bait them into throwing some bad passes. I don't know. I just can see how the Jaguars had to play, how much effort they had to put into it, that the Chiefs might really come out with a good defensive game plan and force Peterson at halftime to make crazy adjustments. And can you do that two weeks in a row? That's yeah. asking a I mean, lot. Uh, if there's somebody that could do it, it- it's that dude, like, I mean, he, he kind of he, he's got that in him, but no, I expect a lot of you know, teams have been trying to attack the Chiefs with smash concepts, have, have kind of tried those all year long because the safeties are a little bit later rotating since they've gotten Legarius Sneed, Trent McDuffie, and since Jalen Watson has actually gotten a few more snaps, they've been better at kind of sinking into those and dropping underneath those, those corner routes a little bit more. So it's it's going to be interesting to watch. You know, like I said, we'll we'll get into more of that stuff. But the one thing I think that everybody is we're going to hear this all week long. Trevor Lawrence has never lost <laughs> on a Saturday ever. I, I'm ever. Well, I, he may have lost like a game of cards or something like that on a Saturday. But football games, he he didn't lose at Clemson on a Saturday. He has not didn't lost lose in high school. In the NFL. I, I, well, I don't know if he played on a high school. Yeah, you know, but he hadn't lost in the NFL on a Saturday. So did he um, even lose in high school at all? Was he one of those guys that didn't lose a game starting in high school? I wouldn't be stunned in like if the Natties, you know. Yeah. Then if they're if their state championships are on a Saturday, I don't know. You know, could be anything like that. We're gonna be here all week. Uh all three of us will be on the KC laboratory uh tomorrow. Uh, as our usual schedule. And then we'll do our game preview edition on Thursday for Chiefs Jaguars. The stage, again, is set in the AFC divisional rounds. It's chalk, one through four. How it got, it, the, 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 how it happened was far from chalk, and it was a lot of fun to watch. The Chiefs got to sit back and hang out. We got to sit back and hang out. Make sure you're checking KC Sports Network for all of our shows. We have 18 different Chiefs shows running every single week, so we will have all kinds of content ready for you for Chiefs, Jaguars, and hopefully the games beyond that. Thank you all so much for listening and watching. Again, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We'll catch you later. Fraud goals. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.